get. Thank you so much for joining us today. Andrew Tate, who truly lives by the Nietzschean creed of that which does not kill you only makes you stronger, is going to give us a long-form, uninterrupted interview right now. We're very honored and blessed to have him. I've known this man for six years. He has incredible integrity, and he's completely innocent of all the fraud that has been thrown at him. I personally have experienced the same tactics. So has President Trump. So has Julian Assange and others. This is how the CIA operates, and make no mistake, this is a CIA operation that has all the hallmarks, and Mr. Tate, I know, can recognize that as well because his father was in the Central Intelligence Agency and world champion chess player. He is a multi, multi, multi-time world champion, a heavyweight kickboxer, and, of course, the most Googled man in the world, when he stood up to Greta Thunberg and the carbon taxes, well, you know the rest of the story. So we're going to cover all the big political events in the world and the Trump indictments and the, the open borders and the, and the global central bank, digital currencies. We're going to cover the war in Ukraine. We're going to cover it all. But first, I want Andrew Tate on the record, uncensored, unfiltered to our massive audience and undoubtedly tens of millions more that are going to watch this to talk about what's really happening to him and his team and where he believes all this is going and how we can support him. Andrew, great to have you with us. Brother, I've known you for such a long time. We've been talking the truth for so long. It feels like eternity. We've been screaming the truth to the world. And it's remarkable that we get proved right time and time again. And when we say something new is coming, people still look at us like we're crazy. I mean, how many times do we have to be correct before people understand they should listen to us before it's too late? Absolutely. I know that you've got to be careful, not that you've done anything wrong, but they spin everything you do. When they first arrested yeah. you, they, they spun it. That Look, a pizza box. They found a secret lair as if you were hiding from anybody. You'd already been absolved of any wrongdoing nine months before. That had been in the news, but now they were back again. So uh, the, the listeners want to know um, how you're doing, uh, what's coming up, and how they support you. Yeah, it's a pretty standardized tactic. Any man who is successful in the world is going to have a degree of history with females, and that's the way they attack you. It's an attack vector. You just named it. They did it to you. They've done it to Trump. They did it to Assange. They're trying to do it to me. As soon as they want to get rid of you, they will try and accuse you of the most heinous crimes because sexual crimes are heinous. It slanders your name, which makes the process itself a punishment. It doesn't matter if you're found innocent at the end of it because they've slandered you for years anyway. The process is a punishment, which is why they choose sexual crimes. They're also extremely subjective, hard to prove. They don't need any solid evidence. And they can go through your entire personal history and try and blackmail and bribe females who you once knew to turn on you in an attempt to destroy your life. So it's a very common tactic. I think anybody with a brain out there understands exactly what's happening to me and what this entire attempt against me is because it's absolutely asinine and insane. Well, I've never talked about this until now, but... Five years ago, I went to the FBI when someone tried this on me and I was able to catch them trying to, to, to frame me and saying, give me money or I'm going to do this. And later we learned that they were connected to the same three-letter agency that we've uh, been having so many issues with. And so I do personally know what it's like. I, I haven't been caught in the ringer as bad as you have, but man, the way you've taken it, the way your brother's taken it, the way your team has taken it is just an example uh, in stoic manliness. I mean, I'm sorry. Sounds like I'm kissing your ass, but it's just true. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. And it is scary, the fact that 2,000 women who I've known throughout my life, I'm 36 years old, 
2,000 women were called and effectively offered bribes to turn on me. Effectively, it was, if you have a negative story about Andrew Tate, you'll get paid money. That's a bribe. They tried to bribe 2,000 women who know me, and they still couldn't manage to put together any kind of coherent case. They're so desperate for a case, the two victims they've identified have repeatedly said on camera, we are not victims. Candace Owens actually did a fantastic breakdown. Anyone who's interested in my case can do a full breakdown. Candace did it, and it shows everything. There's no victims and they can't find anybody to turn on me. And it's crazy. I spent three months in jail in a Romanian jail, which is not anything like a Western jail. It's truly a form of torture. And I sat there five months locked in my house. And all I can do is and take it as a test from God and do my very best to be an example and, and show the world that when you truly stand up and truly try and inspire people to be anything more than slaves, they're going to come for you and they're going to attempt to destroy you. These people are merciless. They're merciless. They're genuinely evil. I was sitting in a jail cell suffering from what? For what? To protect who? They don't even have a single victim in the victim list. They don't even have a single woman who could take the stand against me. And they're still going to put all over the news I'm some sort of terrible person because the goal is to slander my name regardless of the outcome. And we have to pray that the judicial system of Romania does the right thing and throws all of this away. Well, when you're famous and successful, women throw themselves at you. But when you're famous, successful, and you know, in great shape like you and your brother, I've been out with you guys, the women literally throw themselves at you. The idea that you're raping women is preposterous. Then they put out some old video of you spanking your girlfriend when she asked her to. I think I sp spanked my wife two nights ago, she asked me to. And, and then the woman comes up and says, no, it was a joke. And they call that evidence of you ab abusing a woman. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And it's just weaponized virtue. The problem they're having is that we're telling the truth and we're repeatedly telling the truth and we have morals and we have standards and we're standing up for what we know is right and we're standing up for God and we're doing the right thing. So how do they attack us? It's very difficult to say we're not principled or intelligent or correct. So instead they have to say we're bad people. So to say somebody's a bad person, what you do is you weaponize a virtue. You say he's misogynistic or he's homophobic or you find some virtue and you put it into a bullet and you shoot it at them. And it's all just character assassination tactics. They can't say we lie because we tell the truth and we keep repeatedly being proven telling the truth. So instead they have to assassinate our characters. That is their primary goal and objective. And that's why the process itself is a punishment. I tell you the BBC in the, in the 18 months, the BBC have been printing about me being a human trafficker because they've done a, an article a day, every day for 18 months, three staff members of the BBC have been caught committing sexual crimes three of their own staff. It's mentioned for a day, maximum two, and then it goes away. And here I am 18 months later, still going through the grinder of endless character assassination. It's insane. You're either on their team and they protect you or you're against them on the side of God and truth. And they're absolutely out to destroy you. Every single thing the MSM say is a fucking lie. And I apologize for swearing, but it is a lie. Everything I read in these papers, all of it is a lie head to toe. No, it is a damn fucking lie. And at a certain base level, though, you've got to have a feeling of success and satisfaction to be the most demonized person in the world now, uh, even surpassing myself and in many cases, Donald Trump, and to have school curriculum, not just in the UK, but now it's turning out around the West, teaching young boys that you're bad and they shouldn't read you or watch you or listen to you. Don't these idiots know it's having the opposite effect when I'm at a grocery store or at church, you know, teenagers run up and say, oh, you know, Andrew Tate, don't they know this is backfiring? Well, absolutely. It's backfiring because that's the worst thing you do to a teenage boy. Say, don't watch this man. 
And the thing that they don't understand, because these people are so disconnected from reality, all of these people are genuinely disconnected. They don't understand that my message makes people feel better. I teach men to be strong. I teach men how to make money. I teach men how to be confident, how to be motivated, how to be disciplined, how to be diligent, how to be hardworking. If a man adopts these qualities and applies them to his life, his life will get better. This isn't a matter of just consuming content on the internet. This is a matter of people's lives genuinely changing their day-to-day -day reality. If that happens, if somebody's day-to-day -day reality changes because they're a fan of me and they listen to my content, who do you think you are to come along and tell them to stop and go back to misery? It's never going to work. It's never going to work. And the reason I'm so heavily demonized is not because the things I say, it's because I am so massively influential. And when I'm teaching these young men, these young boys to have any degree of standard for themselves, any degree of parameter for what they will accept inside of their minds, they see that as a threat to the slave programming. If a man stands up for himself and has self-respect, he doesn't want to wear a mask because he respects himself. He doesn't want to take antidepressants. He respects himself. He doesn't want to eat the bugs. He respects himself. They don't want men to have self-respect. We're not allowed to have self-respect. We have to sit there and be completely empty vessels waiting for the slave programming to be plugged in. So we'll comply. That's all they want is compliance. And that's why me, as a man who stands up and says, listen, you should become as strong as possible. You should believe in yourself. You should be motivated. And you should also try to make as much money as possible because money is a very important weapon in the fight against slavery. I am seen as public enemy number one for genuinely improving people's lives. That's how evil these people are. Let's unpack what you just said, because it's so true. The average millennial doesn't want to drive a car, doesn't want to have money. They're living with their parents. They say they have no vision of the future. That's been instilled in them by the social engineers, by the social architects. And then the average young man, uh, on average, gets treated bad by women. Uh, the women have been brainwashed. They've been entitled, on average and they don't know how to stand up for themselves, so they get run over by women, even if they actually still go out and date women. And, you know, my son's good-looking guy, really smart, has had a lot of girlfriends, but he would get wrapped around the axle with them and, and have a lot of issues. He's like 21 now, and he has had a huge turnaround, and he was never that bad, but he was he calls it a turnaround himself. About two years ago, uh, watching your shows, listening to you, and now he's in control of the relationships. He's confident. He's doing great in business now. He's doing amazing things. And I really owe you for that. And it's, it's because that's the path of a man. And, and that's being attacked because the globalists are threatened by men being independent because they can't be pushed around and controlled. If they don't have uh, men in the way, the globalists are going to be able to rule over us. And that's the thing women need to realize. Women are the most depressed they've ever been statistically. Women are the most alone they've ever been. They're the most unhappy. And it's because they're being taught to reject the biology of who and what we are. Absolutely. Strong men make women happy. I get called a misogynist all the time for telling men to have standards. Men with standards and principle and capability and competence make women happy. The number one way to improve female mental health is to make men better men. And the reason they don't want men to be strong and have any kind of control over their relationships or their households is very simple. Females are easier to sway within an emotional argument. If you have a bunch of households which are run by women and the woman is in charge, and then the woman is going to sit and watch an emotional argument, propaganda, which is all that the MSM use. They can't use logical arguments, so they use emotional ones. Put the mask on for grandma. Well, grandma's 98, and 98-year-olds unfortunately die of diseases. And telling a six-year-old kid to put a mask on or a 21-year-old strong man to put a mask on 
because 98 year old grandma might get sick doesn't even make any logical sense but it's an emotional argument and women fall for emotional arguments easier than men so how do you control a populace it's very simple you subdue the men you make the women in charge you make a matri a matriarchy and then you use emotional arguments via the propaganda mechanisms because women are more likely to agree with them and then you have the entire population under control that's why it's done on purpose. They don't want a man to have any degree of control over anything in his life. You know, even his own house. You can't even be the king of your own household anymore. And it's making women miserable. It's making men miserable. It makes the entire populace miserable. And there's another thing I want people to understand. Misery is also a very key component to their slave agenda. Because when you're truly miserable, you are selfish. You don't care about anything that happens outside of yourself. Uh, people say that. You and I perhaps were angry people, but I'll tell you something. We're positive people because we care. We care about what happens to our country. We care about what happens to our, our cities. We care about what happens to the future for our children. When you're truly miserable and truly sad, you're self-obsessed. You don't care about anything but yourself. They want us all miserable on antidepressants, eating the bugs, watching the TV shows. Because then when something happens down the street, that's not supposed to happen. We don't care. Oh, yeah, well, the, you know, the store down the street got robbed and my town's on fire, but I'm sad anyway. They want us all selfish because when we're selfish, you can't band together to resist anything. Well, that's absolutely what's going on. They, they totally shirk responsibility. And you can read the MI6 and CIA battle plans from the 60s and 70s where they said, we're going to destroy the family. We're going to make people selfish. And there are so many psychological studies that leftists are between five and ten times, depending on the study, more selfish. They don't give to charity. They steal more. They lie more. I mean, they're really just incredible losers. And, and I just wonder sometimes if we can rehabilitate them or whether they're just a lost cause. It's a good question. And they are the end result of a very sophisticated propaganda machine, which has been built with a sole intention of creating miserable drones which will believe anything they are told. These people can be told the sky is green and they'll believe it. And all of the propaganda which is being pumped their way is negative. The world is going to end because the sun is hot. Don't have kids. That's bad for some reason. Don't eat me. Only eat the bugs. Sit at home. You should have a therapist. You should be on antidepressants. Like they're just trying to pump nothing but negativity of these people and they absorb it. And this is what I said to one of my friends. My friend said, Andrew, you've been through so much for telling the truth. Why do you do it? And I say, well, you either fight against the injustice and tell the truth and you suffer the consequences of that, or you believe the bullshit and suffer the consequences of being at war with your own mind and your own biology and end up miserable anyway. There is a war that cannot be escaped and I would rather live true to God and tell the truth and fight the war this way. But it's truly incredible that these leftists do what they do. And I also think there's something that global about the world that most people don't understand. The people who are in charge of the planet, who are in charge of global finance and make all the important decisions and who are in charge of money, they are called globalists for a reason. They have no particular interest in any one country. All they care about is control and maximizing profits. And I don't think many people understand that. For a long time, we've been exploiting the second and third worlds, because someone has to lose for another person to win. There's no light without dark. We've been exploiting the second and third worlds for a long time to be prosperous in the West. And that's now changing for a variety of reasons, which will be a very long conversation. But the globalists have no problem exploiting the first world and simply turning it on his head, destroying the societies of America, destroying the societies of Europe, 
doing whatever they need to do to make endless and for and forever profit. And they'll simply move to a penthouse in another part of the world. They have no problem to move to Africa, or they have no problem moving to the Middle East. They have no problem to live in Asia. As long as they get forever profits and billions and billions of dollars, they'll let Europe burn. And all of these leftist policies are designed to create a slave class of people which have no interest in trying to preserve the sanctity of the nations they live within. Andrew, I totally agree here. And I want to drill more into this. When you see Al Gore and King Charles and AOC and Beto saying, hey, the world's going to end in 2030. And then statistically, the young people say, well, I'm not going to get a job or live or have kids because my life's over. That is literally a psychological warfare virus that's been put in their minds. And it's just preposterous. I've looked at the heat records. Uh, the, the hottest heat in the U.S. was back in the 19 teens, the 1930s. The, 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 the hottest temperature ever at Death Valley was 134. It hit 130 this year. They're lying, and, and there's headlines, don't go outside, it's too hot. They literally want to turn us into pod people. Oh, absolutely pod people. And pod people can't have any remnants of warrior spirit inside of them because they're not going to be able to live in their pod. So this is the point. The world's over in 2030. Why go to the gym? Why get strong? Why work hard? Why get rich? Why be funny? Why be charismatic? Why do anything? It doesn't matter. The world's going to end. Sit in your pod. Wait for the food delivery. That's what they want from all of us. They want all of us to have absolutely no ambition and to sit there and be slave-minded. And it's very difficult to resist enslavement if you need the government to eat. I think all governments on the planet are constantly trying to encroach on the freedom of their of their populace, trying to get closer and closer to some version of communism where you have to absolutely not really comply or you literally do not have food to eat. And that's what they want. And it's 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 an obvious agenda. It's a very obvious agenda. And it plays into the worst characteristics of the human psyche, because there are a lot of people out there who, when given the excuse to be lazy, will be lazy. When given the excuse for why they're not successful, will take that excuse and use it as a shield for their own glaring, obvious failings. And we're now building two camps. We have a camps of losers and winners, and the winners are telling the truth, and the losers are just adopting all of the slave mind programming. And unfortunately, it's becoming more and more dangerous now to even say the truth because these losers band together like hyenas and attack anybody who stands up and tells the truth like they've attacked you and like they've attacked me. The people who are trying to put me in jail are not good people. They're not good people. They're not honest, hardworking, God-fearing people. They're evil people, and they know exactly what they're trying to do. It's, it's, it's scary. Let's expand on that because this is really the heart of the whole thing. You talk about how you and I and many others have been right about predicting what would happen. It's it's now here, so our credibility's way up. 95% of the comments I see about you are positive everywhere. Young people I talk to, old people, stuff I see online, but also in the street, nobody's buying it. And it's because you talk about real issues. If you had to describe, this is a football game, let's say U.S. football, NFL, or, or worldwide soccer, or whatever game or analogy you want to use, where are we in the game and who's winning? Because I see you being the most popular and Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan's getting more hardcore now. And I see Russell Brand sounds just like us and Tulsi Gabbard's and RFK Jr. And all these other people are exploding in popularity. We all have the top shows. Uh, the left doesn't have anybody in the top 10, not even the top 20. I mean, you're right up the top. Tucker Carlson, me, you know, Joe Rogan, we're all up there at the top. And... In, in total reach, you know, you and Joe are, you know, kind of like pole stars there, but I, I'm not measuring things here as, as individuals. I'm looking at it as 
We're talking about the truth. We've been doing it for a long time. We're insanely popular despite all their suppression, despite them trying to put us in prison and locking you up in solitary confinement and doing all of this. Look how Trump's gets 60% of of the vote against all of the Republicans. He's 25 points ahead of Biden. That's never happened since polling began uh, to have something like that. So the the, the system has the money and has the agencies and and it has the police in many levels and and the media, but but it's all dying. It's all a joke. And so every yeah, move they make God. against us is very painful. But at the end of the day, as long as we persevere and hold strong, they're they're losing. So what's your view on that? Absolutely. They don't have God on their side. The moral arc of the universe bends towards truth. It takes unlimited energy to continue to propagate a lie. It's very difficult to do. It goes against the law of physics. If you put a lie into the universe, you need to continually push that lie to keep it afloat. It's like a hot air balloon. You need to keep that engine running. You need to keep the flame going permanently to keep it floating. Because as long as people use their own eyes and their own senses and eventually begin to think, the lie is going to sink and it's going to disappear. And there's certainly been a shift in consciousness in the last three to four years. Three to four years ago, it was much worse than it is today. And I feel like I said this when I was canceled in August of last year. I was doing Patrick Bet David's podcast. And I said, they are making a mistake. When you have power, the only guarantee to power is that one day you will lose it. And the quickest way to lose power is to overuse it, to overreach, to overstretch. When you do that, everyone loses faith in you. For you to have power, you must have the faith of the populace. Once people understand that you're abusing your power and it's no longer a fair system, they're no longer interested in what you have to say or your power mechanisms. And then you can only resort to complete brutality. And I think it's going to be quite difficult for them to do now that the consciousness of people are waking up. But certainly, yeah, I feel like we are winning now. I feel like you and I have been through the trenches and suffered the absolute worst of it five to six years ago. And now most people understand they overstepped with the COVID lies. They overstepped with the censorship. They overstepped with the election lies. They overstepped trying to say anybody who tells the truth is a sexual predator. They overstepped by protecting all the people who we know do genuinely bad things they refuse to talk about. They overstepped so many times now that people have a thirst in their hearts to know what's really going on. And that's our chance to finally make it clear to people. And I, I pray, I pray we can finally get through to people to a level where next time they try the next big psyop, which we can talk about, which might be coming up soon, everybody rejects it because you know, there's something really important, Alex. We talk always about who controls the world, but ultimately without our compliance, they can't control anything. We control the world. A mask mandate is a piece of paper. It's a piece of fucking paper. That's it. It's cowardice that makes that have power. If everyone wasn't a coward and stood up and said, no, I'm sorry, I respectfully decline, then it's over. We still control the world, but that's why they're trying their absolute best to make sissies of all of us. Absolutely. I, I want to talk about that because we talked yesterday and I said, what do you want to cover? And you said, well, we always have a great time. You know, We'll just discuss the waterfront. You said, I do want to get into new lockdowns. And I talked to a TSA source that I knew well that I called a Border Patrol source. They said, yeah, we were told last week they're going to try to bring it back, starting with federal employees, TSA workers, the middle of September, and then try to bring back airline mandates in October. And, 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 and of course, then get as much as they can to have the mail-in ballots next year. Now, I didn't know when I broke that Friday morning that they would do the main rollout Friday evening and say, oh, colleges are locking down and Lionsgate's locking down and Corporations are locking down and, you know, the, they're going to make people wear masks. They're going to ask for vaccine passports. And so the story became the biggest story in the last four or five days. 
I mean, just massive, massive amounts of, of, of people waking up. Huge coverage. Senator Paul's come out and said it's a total fraud. And so it's, it's really a watershed moment that we're not going to just sit here and let them roll out the incremental PSYOP and then we just accept each piece. No, we know you're bringing it back out to push your poison boosters. We know you're bringing it back out uh, to try to get more surveillance and control and bring in you know, your vaccine passports. That, that's the basis of the world ID card that Bill Gates is behind. And so I'm very excited to see explosive, nonviolent civil disobedience and people saying, hell fucking no, we are not going through this again. We know it's a fraud. So I think we caught them with their pants down. Pledge is funded 100% by me. This is my personal money. Assalamu alaikum Thank you very much. Prophet Muhammad said, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Me, the one who cares for an orphan, will be in Jannah paradise like this. Inshallah. Which will be donated to Take Pledge, which will be used to feed children in war-torn countries. As you can see, brothers, you heard about war in Syria. Now, now in Syria, we have more one million orphans, subhanAllah. And I also promise to provide full accounting and receipts to prove that that money goes directly to charity, to feeding children in war-torn countries. And you know, it's very interesting we say this because I don't want anyone to think we're inciting violence because that's not what we're doing. Even during the last COVID lockdown, you can resist so easily in a nonviolent way. If I went into a store and they said, you have a mask, put a mask on. Don't have one. Sorry. Okay, I'll give you one. Okay, give me one. And then I wouldn't walk over to take it. No, I stand there and make them walk across the store to give it to me. Then I take it and I half hang it on my ear and I don't wear it properly. Then they come up to me and say, oh, you need to wear it properly. I say, oh, okay. Then I don't wear it properly. Then I take it off completely. Then they come up to me and go, oh, where's your mask? I say, sorry, I dropped it on the floor and it's dirty. I need another one. Then they have to go back behind the counter, get another mask, walk back to the other side of the store, give it to you. Make them work. Make them work. If they want you to wear a mask so fucking bad, make them walk a marathon. Make them work. Don't make it easy for them. If they want to stand there and try and make a slave of you, at least make them do something for it. You know, I had people walking back and forth around stores getting me five or six or seven or eight different masks. I never even put it on because I dropped it on the floor, right? We're all scared of germs now. I can't wear a mask from the floor. It might have COVID on it. 
Don't come too close. Social distancing. Just put the mask there. I'll collect it in a second. Make them work for it. That's civil disobedience. If, if, if everyone did that, imagine you worked in a store and every person who came in did what I just described. Are you going to really run around for 12 hours a day? You'll give up after two hours. But the reason they, it doesn't happen, the reason they, they get away with this is because everybody just complies. Mask on. Okay. Mm. Like, I'm not describing anything violent. I'm not describing anything that will get you arrested. I'm not describing anything that will even cause an argument. I'm just talking about using your fucking brain and having some balls. And it's very important. If they try and bring this back, if they try and bring this back, I really pray that this will be a breaking point for their entire apparatus because I think enough people are awake now to absolutely not resist. That was a huge psyop. And I love to think, and I hope I'm, I hope I'm right. I love to think that anybody who lived through that has learned their lesson. And like I said, the number one guarantee of power is that you'll lose it because eventually with power, you will overstep and you will overreach. And if they try another lockdown, another pandemic, I think it's the biggest overreach they could possibly try. So I, I hope they do it. And I hope that people do what they're supposed to do, which is say no. I totally agree with you. And, I, and undoubtedly, they're going to try it, not out of strength, but out of out of weakness. On, on your radar, Andrew Tate, what else do you think the deep state has in its hip pocket? We know lawfare trying to put you and Trump and everybody else uh, in, in, in prison, uh, trying to sue us all into oblivion. But we're, you know, the lead folks at the tip of the spear. What else is the deep state going to pull? I've, I've seen Klaus Schwab hyping cyber attacks, power outages. I've seen them uh, hyping a stock market crash. I've, I've seen them now sending F-16s to Ukraine, even though they now admit uh, that the Russians have basically destroyed the Ukrainian military. Yeah, so it it's kind of scary because we are the tip of the spear. And when you're the, the leader, when you're the lead of the charge, they want you dead first, right? It's kind of like the old adage. They said, if, if five guys are going to start a fight on you, hit the biggest one first. And that's why they're coming from men like us, because they know we're inspiring a resistance. And the resistance we're inspiring is nothing more than self-respect and parameters for what you'll accept from a government and to stand up and say, I'm a sovereign individual and I'm allowed to decide what goes in my blood. Imagine thinking you're not allowed to decide what goes inside of your own blood. Imagine waking up and saying, my blood is not mine. It belongs to the government. It's absolutely insane. But what they're going to try and do next is control the money. Because when they control the money, they can control where you go and they can control whether you eat or not. And I don't know about anybody else, but I can tell you from my own personal experience in the last three to four years, the banking sector has become more strict than it's ever been. It's become harder and harder to not only make money, but move money and have money. Ten years ago, if you wanted to do a million dollar wire, it was a headache. Nowadays, if you want to do a million dollar wire internationally, let's say I want to say a million dollars to, I don't know, Turkey or Qatar or Australia, anywhere, the amount of headache, paperwork, delays, it's nearly impossible to do. It's getting harder and harder because they want to control the money. If they control the money, they control absolutely not only everything else by extension. So it's CBDCs that's coming. The banking system locking people down for dissidents, as we already know, is happening. And once they control the money, then they're going to come along and say, ah, don't worry, you're allowed money if you do this. And from there, they're going to expand out. I don't think most people understand that absolutely every single thing they talk about propagating and pushing to the populace is a Trojan horse. I was arguing about climate change with someone the other day. And I said, listen, I love the environment. I, I would hate for nature to be destroyed. I love nature. Nobody with a sane mind dislikes nature. The problem is we can't make any laws to protect nature because every single time we do, they Trojan horse it with some garbage that has nothing to do with the actual issue and is purely agenda driven to destroy my life and make me a slave. 
So what can we do now? And that's what they're going to do. They're going to come along, control all the money, and they're going to say, ah, because of the climate, you're allowed money if you don't drive your car very often. And that has nothing to do with saving the earth. It's everything to do with controlling you. And that's the problem. Now we have people in charge of us that we can't even trust to fix any issue ever because all they're interested in is injecting Trojan horses and destroying our lives. It's, 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 cre- it's incredible. Oh, that was incredibly said. And, and, and let's expand on that. They've tried to set me up for rape. They've, they're trying to set you up with it. They have done it. They had a jury say Trump didn't rape this woman. No proof she ever met him. And, but because he said, I don't know her, he was found guilty of defamation for saying, I'm innocent. They actually said, you're not allowed to say you're innocent. That's how they weaponize these jurisdictions in places like Austin, Texas, and New York City, and D.C., and Connecticut. But talk about rape. We know who's raping colleges and businesses and and, and, and law enforcement in the military. You're going to be court-martialed. You're going to be kicked out. You're going to be fired if you don't take this experimental shot that's in all these studies causing all sorts of serious myocarditis and blood clots and strokes and heart attacks. That's raping you with a gene therapy. They're the rapist. Fauci's the king rapist. Joseph Mingala 2.0 and... Can you just speak to that? They're, they're, they're accusing any strong man uh, of, of supposedly abusing women, like the Gillette commercials where they had in the Super Bowl a few years ago where a guy in a coffee shop goes over and asks a girl out. The other guy grabs him and says, that's rape. Don't talk to a woman. But then drag queen story time, convicted pedophiles in many cases uh, in, 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 in G-strings with little kids bouncing on their knee and rubbing up against the little kid. That's okay, but in a Gillette commercial, a man talking to a woman is bad. I mean, this is just beyond BS. They're raping our minds, raping our bodies, raping our freedom, raping our borders, raping our currency, raping humanity. They are the damn rapist. Absolutely, because rape, the whole idea of rape is an act without consent. That's the exact idea of it all. So for them to sit there and say to a man, ah, you're a rapist, that means you forced the woman to have sex without consent. So you nailed it. Let's talk about them forcing people to have injections. Let's talk about them forcing ideologies on children. Let's talk about them forcing women to accept men in their bathrooms or on their sports teams. Let's talk about them forcing citizens of a country to accept that their country no longer has a border and by extension no longer has a legal system. Because without a border, you don't have a legal system. You don't even have a nation anymore. You want to talk about rape without consent. You absolutely not only nailed it. And they use this word and they use this attack on any strong man primarily as an effort to damage masculinity. They make it out to the world that if you're a man who is traditionally masculine, who stands up, who is strong, who is not apologetic for his opinions, then by extension, you must be a rapist. And they do this so that men are afraid to act this way because that, once again, pushes the idea that men should be sissies and soft. So it's easier for them to have slave-minded individuals. What's actually crazy is this. Women want men who are masculine. The kind of man who is not going to rape is the kind of man who has choices and genuine access to females who love him. Why would a man who is successful in all realms of human endeavor, including his relationships with females, ever rape anybody? No, I'll tell you who's a rapist. The liberal who eats the bugs, who's fat and ugly, with no personality, who's sad on antidepressants. No woman wants him. He's the kind of guy who has to rape to have sex. Not the traditionally masculine, toxically male, that the man they try and say. So it's absolutely and utterly, it's a mind attack. It's a psyop. 
by saying, if you stand up and you have muscles and you have a nice car and you're rich and you're strong and you have opinions and you say, yeah, this is what I believe and I'm not sorry for it. That means you are a bad person and by extension, a rapist. And what they're trying to do is stop men from acting that way. They want all of us afraid without fear. None of this works. I think it was Goebbels who said it. I don't know if your research team can find it. Goebbels said it. You lie and you lie on repeat and you make them afraid. And that's all you have to do. Nazi Germany literally said the exact same thing. And look what they did to the world. And it's amazing that the tactics haven't changed. The apparatus, the MSM hasn't changed. It's the same game. It's exactly the same game it's always been. People seem to walk away having a good time. Yeah, start them young, right? Yeah, start them young, right? I want to shift gears back to you because I know you, you shouldn't get into the case too much, but but it's come out in the news that basically everybody said, no, it's all made up, or one or two just won't even testify, and the stories have, have, have all fallen apart. Uh, what's the time frame here? How do we support you? Because we've got a lot more of the interview coming up. You've, you've been gracious to give us an hour and a half, but I just want to get it on record that you are under attack because you, you, you know, you're, you're confident, you're strong, you know, you're in this position, you're not backing down. You've got a great attitude, but at the same time, people need to know that if we don't support it, we don't spread the word. We're basically aiding the enemy to, to, to take you down. So how do we nonviolently peacefully support you and your brother? Absolutely. I super appreciate that. I ask everyone to please go to cobratake.com and sign up for my completely free email list. And that's a fantastic way to support me. And I keep everybody updated with my case. A very quick one minute version of my case is as simple is as follows. An American girl was sponsored by a liberal NGO to come over here. She visited for five days and then accused me of kidnap. She's accused seven other men of kidnap in her life. One of them actually killed himself from the pressure. So she is a professional. The Romanian authorities reacted to her phone call as they should, to be fair to them. When a woman says she's kidnapped, came into the house, realized no one was kidnapped, released us after two hours. That was in April last year. For the nine months after that, we were followed at direction of a foreign intelligence agency, which was commanding Romania to do so. We were arrested again and accused of human trafficking because two girls we know we helped them make TikTok videos. We told them how to be popular on TikTok. Yes, you heard me correctly. We helped some of our friends be popular on TikTok. Then these two girls were supposed to leave victims. Those two girls have come out with videos saying we are not victims. They've made 10 videos saying we are not victims. We do not want the Tates in jail. We, they have never hurt us. They are our friends. And the state is saying they are brainwashed. So the current case against me has nobody in the stand against me. The two victims on my side and the state trying to put me in jail for 10 years for helping my friends make videos on TikTok. And that's all on record now. Everything you said is on record. The problem is now you have a government that doesn't want to be proven wrong. That's why this is so dangerous. That, that's right. That's That's right. This is a very important point now. Romania doesn't want to be proven wrong. And I don't hold any ill will against Romania. I have to be honest. I mean, I've lived here for a very long time. I know Romania very well. No, you've been a big, you've been a big booster of it. it. People love I'm it. I'm a big booster of it. I'm a big booster of Romania. And I know they're traditionally conservatively minded. I think there's someone else behind this whole game. I don't want to say too much, but I think we all understand what I'm saying. And I have nothing against Romania. Now I have my faith in the Romanian judicial system to be a sovereign nation and resist outside influences and say, no, this is garbage. And he's never done anything wrong within the borders of our country. And that's what we're going to see what happens, because now we're in a process as a judicial process. It might take six months. It might take two years. I don't know. I think distance from the event is probably a tactic that is in the minds of the people who understand that this nobody believes this anymore. But we're going to have to see what happens. And I have to put my my faith in God and my faith in the Romanian judicial system, because I don't think it's their fault. I think someone from the outside said, get him. And they tried very hard, but I'm a good person. 
And usually what happens when you investigate someone for 18 months to the level they've investigated me is you find something. Normally what happens is they find what they want. The problem with me is they couldn't find anything. So now we're in this very unique scenario where they've tried very hard. They couldn't find what they wanted. And we're going to court with absolute garbage. And we're going to have to see how this all plays out. But to answer the question, the initial question, I really super appreciate the support. Please, everybody go to CobraTake.com. My email list is completely free. And I keep everybody updated on the case and how they can support me. All right. I've got a thousand questions in the uh, roughly 45 minutes we've got left here. But where do you want to go next? That's a really good question. I'd like to talk about. I, I personally believe that 2024 is a huge, I think it's going to be even bigger than culture. I think it could be the end of Western civilization if it doesn't go the way it's supposed to go. I really think it's the final chance. And I don't want to be assassinated and I certainly would never kill myself. But I think it would be an interesting conversation for us to talk about whether they are going to be able to do again what they did before. Because if they don't, they're going to lose. And I think that caged desperate tigers cornered tigers are sometimes the most dangerous and i i don't know what they have up their sleeve what are they going to possibly even try because if we if if we lose in 2024 it's over for the whole idea of democracy it's over for the whole idea of belief in the system it's over for the whole western world it's over for the dollar it's over for everything isn't it i was watching the election in real time me and tristan argued about this tristan goes trump's gonna kill it i said no they're gonna rig it and even my brother goes you can't rig the u.s election i said watch this we're watching it for the first time in history, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in history, never done before, they stop counting. Oh, uh, a water pipe has burst in Georgia. Oh, uh, uh, a court ruling in Nevada says that because of the way the polls were done, we need 24 hours for a bunch of garbage legislation. Why? Why? I'm telling you why. Burst pipes, bullshit. And then overnight, they open up all the mail-in ballots and Joe Biden's ahead now. What's funny is they opened up the mail-in ballots and in some states it's like 300,000 he was losing by and they're all 100% for Joe Biden. 300,000 votes, not one for Trump, not one for the independent candidates, all, every single one for Joe Biden. But we need to check Flip, the source. Okay, I'll, I'll show you the graph. Yes. There, I've shown you a graph which shows, the graph shows, because they're stupid enough that the graph actually shows the votes, right? And you can see that at 4 a.m. on a random Wednesday, Biden goes zoop, straight up. This is fucking rigging. This is election rigging. If you had to flip a coin and get heads 300,000 times in a row, what's the odds of that happening? Considering that the, every other state, it was 58%, 56%, 57%. 100% of every single mail-in vote was for Joe Biden. This is obviously rigged. You can see it on the graph. This is a rigging. And then, we're just getting started, my friend. So then Trump goes, this is rigging. This is the state of Wisconsin, right? Correct. Trump's winning and bang, this happens at 4 a.m. overnight. <laughs> Boom, straight up. How is that not rigged? Well, that's right. They're, the multinational corporations are trying to bring in a global cashless society and sew it up and make everybody else poor as a tool of control. Mexico isn't poor because they don't have smart people or resources. The, the, the system decided to keep people poor and have a tiny elite. America is the only country that consciously decided to try to make everybody wealthy if they worked hard. That's why everybody came here. Uh, and, and, and it seems like only a few areas of Eastern Europe are even trying to embrace that right now. And it's certainly not perfect, as you know. Uh, but I don't think people realize that everybody says this election is the most important. But everybody knows, undoubtedly, this is the big one. This is the big enchilada. And, and you're stalwart, not backing down in the face of all this. Trump's not backing down. Watching him in four indictments facing 700 years in jail, 
uh, totally indicting him in Georgia. It's in the indictment for tweeting about how they shut down uh, the Atlanta County counting facility. They say, we didn't do that. They announced it in a press conference and closed it and kept voting. I mean, even if Trump's got issues and he's not perfect, to watch him being crucified and being so confident, so strong like you, it's not an act. It, it's 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 very empowering and a great example to me. But I got to ask you, you seem stronger under attack, and I, that's got to shake up your enemies. Well, that's the thing, because they want me to cower or cuck. They what they are trying to do is because I inspire so many people. If they can break me, they can break the souls of millions of people by extension. And also, what they're trying to do, they're hoping that I will believe I can reason with these psychopaths. I don't think I can reason with people who hate me. They hate me. They hate everything I stand for. They hate the way I walk. They hate the way I look. They hate the way I think. They hate my ideas. They hate my relationships with my brother. They hate my friends. They hate everything about me. I have no interest in trying to reason with them. I'm not going to stand up and say, well, maybe if I talk a little bit softer, they'll be nice to me. No, I don't operate under that frame. It's like Churchill. Churchill said, no, we're not going to negotiate with Hitler. There's no point in negotiating with this man. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. I'm not here to negotiate with anybody. If you're going to destroy me, do it. I'm going to hold my head high. I'm going to walk into court with my head held high before I get dragged off to jail. I'm not going to cuck or cower because that's a spiritual loss. You can do what you want to my body. You can put me in jail, but you won't break my spirit. A spiritual, victor a spiritual victory is enough for me. I know I'm innocent. I know I've done nothing wrong. I know I tell the truth. I know I help people. I'm not going to back down or cower or give up. And Trump knows he's innocent too. And sometimes in these scenarios where you don't stand a chance, technically, legally, when you're dealing with the apparatus of man, which has been rigged against you because humans are imperfect, all you can do is look to God and understand the truth of your heart, the truth of your soul, and aim for a spiritual victory. And you have a spiritual victory of a man as a man by having your head held high. If they were about to shoot me in the head by firing squad, I would go down with my head held high with a smile on my face. I'm not going to fucking cry. You're going to shoot me anyway. You're going to shoot me anyway. So they're going to do what they're going to do to me and they're going to do what they do to Trump anyway. The best thing we can do is act like men because that pleases God. And you know what's funny? What's funny about the world is if you please God, if you act with honor and integrity and you do the right thing and God likes you, it's amazing how how favored how favored you become some people will call it lucky i don't call it that. i call it favored when you act the right way it's amazing what god will give you and almost sometimes in impossible odds you manage to pull it off and people go how did they do that because you made god happy omega-3 fatty acids are needed for optimal strength, and they can only be obtained through diet. They can be found in grass-fed beef, which is why the ruling class is trying to ban it. And they can be found in fish, which are arguably the best source of omega-3s. But the problem today is finding fish without a high mercury content. 
Your best option is our ultimate fish oil and ultimate krill oil at InfoWarsStore.com. Omega-3 fatty acids are essential for both our neurological and cardiovascular systems, our brain and our heart. They improve mood, mental clarity, and immune function. Get your essential omega-3 fatty acids from the best sources available, ultimate fish oil and ultimate krill oil. Get some today at InfoWarsStore.com. I want you to submit to me your vision for your dream life. Every time I ask somebody what their dream life is, they give a very lazy, sloppy answer. Well, I wanna be rich. How rich? What does rich mean? How much money? Is it in liquid cash? Is it in stocks? Is it in crypto? In which country is it held? How do you diversify to protect yourself against matrix attacks? Who's your accountant? What's the name of the banks your money's held in? What are you gonna buy? For you to become rich and successful is gonna require pain and suffering. And you have to understand exactly what your dream life is to make the pain and suffering worthwhile. Think about it. Have you ever been to the gym and seen a person in fantastic physical condition? They're strong, they're ripped, they're large. And you say to them, how did you get so big and strong? And they say, I don't know. Oops, it kinda just happened. Or have you ever found a really rich man or a very successful man and said, how did you become rich and successful? And he goes, I don't know, bro. I just woke up one day and it kind of happened and now I'm living my dream life. No, there is a very detailed plan and roadmap. For you to become strong, you must eat a certain way. You must train a certain way. For you to become rich, you must earn money a certain way. You must understand exactly how you're going to make money, whether you're going to be a public-facing figure like me or a man of the shadows with millions of dollars, unknown but extremely powerful. You have to design your dream life. What house are you going to live in? Who's your woman going to be? Is she blonde? Is she brunette? What car are you going to drive? Have you even gone on the internet and specced your car? You can design your dream car right now for free on the internet and you can choose the color. You can choose the wheels. You can choose the carbon. Is it a Lamborghini? Is it a Ferrari? Is it a McLaren? How much does it cost to the dollar? You talk about your dream life. You don't even know what your dream life is. How do you expect to get to a destination when you don't know where you're going? Do you understand? I designed my dream life long ago, before I was known, before I had anything. And I worked very hard with a very concise, very detailed plan to ensure I ended up exactly where I wanted to be. And you're not gonna end up where you want to be if you don't know where it is. So, for that reason, I want you to submit to me your dream life. I want you to be as detailed as possible. Do you have children? what house you're in, what your woman looks like, what's her personality like, where did you meet her, what kind of person is she, what car do you drive, who are your friends, who are your network, what kind of men are you hanging around with, how are you making money, are you known, are you not known, what is your ideal job, how much money do you want to make a month, how much money do you have saved. You have to understand exactly what your dream life is. This is more than just an exercise in understanding how to become a successful person. This is an exercise in life. Without diligent planning, without concise, compendious plans, the chance of you achieving nearly anything is zero. So for that reason, I am asking for you to submit to me your vision for a dream life. And I will tell you if you stand a chance of achieving. On March 6th, 2001, 
Alex Jones first predicted the September 11th attack on the World Trade Center. You've got an element of the FBI and these war game scenarios where they can remote control a 747 and they're going to crash it into the World Trade Center. While other networks lie to you about what's happening now, InfoWars tells you the truth about what's happening next. Visit InfoWars.com forward slash show and share the link today. God is watching all of these things. And these people who think they can just throw people in jail on some garbage are going to see that there is a karmic retribution in the universe and that the truth is on our side. And I know exactly how Trump feels. Trump is waking up frustrated, angry, but he sees himself serving a purpose higher than these orchestrated, pretend Shakespearean plays, these corrupt systems of man. And he says, you know what? I'm going to walk in there. And the only person I'm interested in pleasing is God. I'm going to walk in there like a man. That's how it has to be done. Well, that's what it. Uh, and Trump has like told, told me that. He's told Roger Stone that. He, he realized this is history. He didn't know how bad America was, was screwed up. And now it's all about being a man and not bowing to these people. And now that he knows how evil they are, he's even stronger because he knows, no, I'm the good guy. I want prosperity. I want freedom. I'm, I'm not, these people are scum. And, 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 and so I'm going in. It's like a game of chicken, and we're not going to turn off the road one way or another. The good, guys, the good guys have always been losing, Alex. Think about it. Any video game, you're the good guy. The boss has more health. Hey, look at World War II. England was surrounded by itself. The good guys have always been losing. The harder they hammer somebody with a genuine warrior spirit when they know they're telling the truth, it's always been this way since the dawn of human time. It's never been the good guys have the bad guys completely outnumbered, and it's an easy fight for the good guys. It just doesn't work that way. It seems to be that evil always has the advantage, but somehow good wins in the end. It's always been that way, and when you know you're wow. on the side of truth, you have to understand that's how it's always been. You can't be a king without having people try to take your empire. It's happened to you. It's happened to me. It's happening to Trump. And every single point in human history, if you were a king and you had lands and you had an empire, there were people outside of your empire prodding the defenses and trying to find a way to attack you and chop your head off. If you're going to tell the truth to be a king with an empire, they're going to come for you. You either have to shut up and work at Starbucks to take your injections, or you can wake up and be a man and understand that war is certain, battle is certain, victory is certain if you believe in God, and there's going to be times where there's, it's going to be rough. There's going to be temporary losses in the battle, but we can win the war, and this is how it has to be done. Well, absolutely, and we're totally simpatico because we're telling the truth here. Right before you went on that incredible layout there that you just did, that grand slam, I was about to say – I've read the writings of George Washington, his hundreds of letters during the Library of Congress. It's incredible. Talks about the Illuminati and just, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I, I, I mean, I read basically all of them that I could read. Some are so blurred you can't read them, but there's been books published with them reposted. And he literally gave the same speech you just said. Six-year war with the greatest empire the world's ever seen. No one had beaten them. They beat Napoleon just a few years later. And George Washington said, they're in the wrong. They're enslaving us. I'm going to persevere. I'm not going to back down. Good is always outnumbered at first. I trust in God. There's a famous paintings that have been done of you know, George Washington praying in the snow because he would really sometimes pray for like hours. They'd come into his tent to be praying. And he had a vision that they would win. He went five and a half years, total defeat, but persevered. And then all of a sudden, they won every battle after that. All of a sudden, there was wind in their sails. All of a sudden, everything cleared. And he was 
one of the richest men in America at that point, self-made, despite the fact the Lords tried to block him and stuff, and he spent his whole fortune on the war. He paid the troops the first few years. They put him as a general because he'd bankroll it, and they literally, a third of the people in the Declaration of Independence got put in prison or killed. Their families put on prison ships. They went through hell, but man, the victory was that much sweeter, and it's exactly what you just said. Good is never the big powerful thing in Satan's world. We're always the upstart. We're always the ragtag band. We're always the rebels. And that's that's what defines us. But for each one of our men, one of our men is worth a hundred of theirs. Absolutely, because we have genuine and we have genuine conviction. And that's why it's interesting. We could tie this back to something we said earlier. You just named how George Washington paid the troops, and it's so interesting. This is why they're trying to control all the money. It's kind of funny. I got told by somebody, I won't say who, but they come to me and they said, Andrew, the reason that they are so threatened by you is because you are a genuine attack on the educational system of nations. The reason they talk about you in British schools to not listen to you is because you're teaching young boys to learn things that actually matter, to actually change their lives and how to make money online, how to become financially successful. I have 16, 17 year old kids in my programs making more than their teachers. And they're threatened by that because when you have money, you can resist. There's another big thing we don't talk about. In fact, a lot of mainstream conservatives, which I don't even bother mentioning them, attacked me saying I'm materialistic. I said, listen, if you want to fight a war, you need money. You need money to fight a war. I want all of my fans to be as rich and strong as possible because that makes them good soldiers. It's very hard to resist the vaccine if you need to go to work to pay the rent. You need money to resist these things. And that's another thing that's very important. I don't think it's mentioned often enough. That's why they're trying to control global finance and trying to restrict it so heavily because they need all of us absolutely. No, I totally agree. Just, just interject here. Yeah, the, the, the Clinton Foundation, not, not their global foundation, but their national library, World Net Daily sued them like 10 years ago. It took years to get it. They got millions of documents in foyer. And the number one things when the Clintons came in, the Carnegie Endowment and the Ford Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, the CIA was we can't let conservatives or nationalists or nuclear families have money because they are intrinsically common sense and conservative and they'll form their own communities. And they and they listed a few little film producing companies and a few magazine companies that were conservative and saying we've got to shut them down. Little companies because they knew the acorn would grow into a mighty tree. And exactly right. One good thing the left is really powerful at is flooding money into their causes because they know. Then they guilt us for trying to build up capital to fight them. And exactly, if George Washington, as a teenager, hadn't gone out and risked his life being a surveyor into the Western frontier and been in a bunch of battles before he was even commissioned in the militia and then later in the military for the British, he would not have been that rich man, literally self-made. And that's why he was so pissed at the British you had to go to a lord to sell a piece of property or to bring in a ship or to bring in products. And he got tired of literally inbred, retarded British lords getting a piece of his money. And so when he had that money, he then bet it all on the craps table for America. And, and so he wasn't just the general, he was the financier. And, and that's what it's about. If he wouldn't have had that money that he literally made as a teenager and a young man risking his life. Because, you know, the French, it's in a, in a few books, he never bragged about it. George Washington was out there with a tomahawk and a gun killing people every day trying to stop him surveying land. And you could say, oh, he's a conqueror, oh, he's a usurper. Well, he was out there fighting badass Native Americans. 
I mean, he wasn't playing games. Yep. So the point was, is that this guy was like Conan the Barbarian, but they didn't have movies, the internet back then. We don't know all the stuff he did. So we had to go out and literally make this treasure, do this, then lead our country to its birth and victory. That is a top gangster. Yeah, absolutely. And this is another thing. And I say to people when they say, how do we win this war? I say, it's a spiritual war. You need to believe in God. You need to be a good person. You need to be physically strong, mentally strong. And you need to work as hard as possible and become financially successful. The left have money because they print money. They print money. So, of course, they have money. And we talk about... I have to mention this here. Some mainstream conservatives, I don't know who a lot of these people are because they're all clowns and they're ball opposition anyway, but they were co attacking me for being materialistic. You just talked about how George Washington needed money to save America. The reason young boys listen to me is because I have a private jet and a bunch of fancy cars and a big house. The reason I can inspire young men to get up and work hard to be diligent and be hardworking and disciplined is because I have such a fantastic life. If I didn't have these things, they wouldn't be inspired by me. And money is what it takes to win wars. What are we sending to Ukraine? Money. We're sending money. So to sit there and say as conservatives, we shouldn't be materialistic. You're just buying into the garbage that the left want. They don't want any of us to have any kind of finance. Because when you have no finance, it's easy to bankrupt you. Listen, Alex, when I was the most Googled man in the world, do you think I weren't approached by a bunch of mainstream companies? I'm the most Googled man in the world amongst one of the most profitable demographics on the planet. Young men from 15 to 35. I, they, I was offered $30 million, $25 million, $45 million to sell my soul, to shut up about certain subjects and be sponsored by X company. I was offered unlimited money to be quiet. And I said, no, why? Because I already have money. You can't buy a man who already has money. And that's another thing they're very afraid of. They're afraid of people who are self-financed. That's one of the reasons they're afraid of Trump. He doesn't need your stupid donors. He doesn't need your garbage. He has his own money. And that's another thing you have to be very, very careful of and understand in this war. It's a spiritual war, but it's also a very financial war. They want the conservatives flat broke because then there's very little we can do. What you said is so powerful and we're totally simpatico because that's, that, that, that's exactly... What I was thinking of, 170 million at least to Ukraine. Money is fuel in your tank. Money is the symbol of energy that allows you to have mobility. If you, your dad was a world champion chess player. I know you're a great chess player. I'm a yeah. terrible one, but I understand the game. If you couldn't move your pieces, you could never even play the game. Correct. So imagine if the chess Correct. pieces didn't even have energy to move. That's where they want us isolated back to the pod. Absolutely. Back to the pod. So this is what we have to do to truly win this war. I believe spiritually people's minds are awakening and they're starting to understand all the MSM does is lie. Then what we have to do is make sure that everybody who follows us genuinely feels an absolute increase in the the living conditions and they feel more positive and they feel more disciplined and hardworking and their life, their real life outside of the Internet actually improves. And the third thing is, I believe I have a responsibility to try and make every single person who believes in me and follows me, helping them in every way possible. And one of them is financial. I think that's the way we win this war. I think that when all of the capital is owned by people who are sensible, that it's going to be a lot harder for them to enslave us. And unfortunately, right now, the capital is owned by people who are only interested in control. And when you want to control people, you have to remove their sensibilities. Because if, if someone has sensibilities, they have parameters, they have limits. If you don't want people with limits, if you're in charge of the world, and you want to control everybody, you want to remove their sensibility so they have no limit. So you can tell them some absolute garbage. You can tell them to put a mask on and stay in their house and be afraid of the common cold. That's what you want. So we need to make sure the people with sensibilities are as well funded as possible, are as physically strong as possible and are as spiritually strong as possible and are brave. 
And that's why people like Trump and I and you, we have a duty to God to live by example, to show that you can approach these situations with bravery. You have to be a man about all of this. Otherwise, you may as well just go get in the pod and pray they don't kill you. Gut level. I asked you the question earlier and you elaborated on it, but you didn't specifically answer because the question was three minutes long. Is humanity winning right now or are we at a stalemate? Where would you say we are? I do believe that there's been a shift in consciousness and I do believe we are winning. However, I can give two answers. I can give a very positive answer and I can also give a pessimistic answer. No, give us both. Give us two. That's the way the world works. There's always two directions. Yeah. So... My pessimistic answer is as follows. I believe the people who are in charge of the world are genuinely in charge of the entire world. I believe they set up structures to allow one populace to benefit off the exploitation of another populace. I believe that the populace which is exploited is usually the most ignorant one. And I think that as we awaken and as things shift and perhaps we don't adhere to the type of life they want us to live, as we become a thorn in their sides, they're going to rewrite the rules. And instead of exploiting other countries for the benefit of the West, they're going to start exploiting the West for the benefit of other countries. And they're simply going to shift their global finance and they're going to shift their base of operations. Totally agree. Reverse colonialism. Reverse colonialism. They have no problem watching Africa burn for Europe to get rich. And most people don't understand. They also have no problem watching Europe burn for Africa to get rich. They have no problem flipping the script. They have no problem letting Europe burn. They let it get rich off Africa. Now they'll let Africa get rich off of burning Europe. They have no problem with that. And reverse colonialism, I think, is something that's really going to happen in the next 20 to 30 years. As we wake up and as we don't want to adhere to their garbage anymore and as we have higher standards for ourselves, they're going to sit and go, ah, these people think they're smart. Okay, we'll make them the serfs and we'll just build up our lives somewhere else in in Asia or the Middle East. I think the Middle East is going to be the most powerful area for the next 50 to 60 years, personally, is what I believe. But I think that's the pessimistic answer. The positive answer is ultimately – I do believe we have control. I think the population has control. I think that the, the, the closer we get to sensibility and truth and honor is also the closer we get to God. I think that when enough of us band together and resist, it doesn't actually take as many people as you think to inspire the general population to stop adhering to these slave principles. And I do believe that a new age for the West is coming. I think that we are in a much better position than we were three or four short years ago. But I do also think a lot pins on 2024. So it's, it's very interesting, the situation we're in. It's actually very interesting. Well, I got to say this. I, I'm very thankful to Paul Watson. I've known him for 21 years for introducing me to you like six years ago. And you've come to Austin. Are they trying to hit Paul? Sorry. Are they are they trying to hit Paul with the same shit? Yeah. That they're hitting me with? Yeah. I don't want to. Well, you, yes, they are. So it, it really hasn't broke yet. So but I mean, it, no, it's it, well, it, it's broke. So we can talk about it. I mean, obviously, Paul's a tall, muscular, good-looking dude like you. Literally, I've known Paul for 21 years. He's been here many times, been in Europe with him. Women throw themselves at him, and they have talked to He's a successful guy, the hundreds of women, uh, and it looks like they found one. So, yeah, they're trying the same thing. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. You offer 100 women a bribe, one of them with no soul or a a bone to pick. That's all it takes insane absolutely it's but scary I, I feel it's, it's scary absolutely well it's it's their tactics so but but i'm very glad paul introduced me to you when you were already successful and you know champion and fighting and tv shows and things but you've exploded since then but i gotta say 
You are definitely Andrew Tate 2.0. You were always a great interview, one of the best. I got to say, man, what you're saying, what you're doing is about the best thing I've heard. I mean, I think you're even topping Tucker Carlson right now with your understanding and rhetoric. So congratulations. And I guess that's what we've been told in history is a man's got to go through the fire like a sword to get even that stronger. Is that, is that how you're feeling? Thank you, sir. I super appreciate that. And yeah, absolutely. It's, it's certainly very true. I believe that it's pain that teaches. I don't believe men especially can learn any way besides pain. We talk about learning a lesson the easy way or the hard way. And I'll tell you something. We've all been offered chances to learn a lesson the easy way our entire lives. And guess what? We didn't learn anything and we kept doing it. I can, you could see it with it's natural intrinsic inside of men. You'll see a man drive a car too fast and almost crash a hundred times. And he won't learn his lesson until he's crashed that car. We only learn things the hard way. It's only pain that can teach a man. Every single time something bad happens to me, that's how I see it. I see it as God teaching me to make me more wise, more formidable, a more capable opponent. And that's how you have to approach life. Otherwise, how else can I make sense of all the things I've been through? And Certainly, I'm not a, I don't read very much. I don't study that often. Everything I talk about are just things I've learned from observation. And it's kind of interesting that the world's really not that complicated. The world's only ever been about one thing and always ever will be. It's about power. It doesn't matter if you're talking about a relationship between a man and a woman. It doesn't matter if you're talking about global economic policy. It doesn't matter if you're talking about a war in Ukraine. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. The world's always ever been about power. That's all it's going to be about to the end of human time. And they'll put all these other masks on it. They'll pretend it's about humanity and pretend it's about uh, caring about your race or your nationality or all these other things. But truthfully, at the bottom line of all of it is power. And it's people trying to put together structures where they feel as empowered as possible so they can protect themselves and protect the people they care about. I'm not going to hide the fact that I want our team to have as much power as possible. And the other side, the liars, those who live under the, sh the veil of deception, they're only interested in power. It's all always been a power struggle since the beginning of time. Then you look at power. How do you get power over people? Well, you influence them. So now it's a battle for influence. Why are they attacking me? Because I have influence. I can influence the populace. They offered me money to sell my soul. And I said, no, I am no longer wanted in this game. I am a wild card that they're not interested in. It's always been about influence. It doesn't matter if you take tanks to a pitched battle in Ukraine and fight a pitched battle, or it doesn't matter if you lie on MSM. It's all the same thing. It's about trying to get influence over people's minds to control how they think because then you can control how they act, which gives you power. That's the bottom line of how the entire world works. So when you sit here and some politician stands up and says, I care so much about the planet. I think the sun is too hot. Stay in your house and give me all your money. It's nothing to do with the sun. It's about power. Well, you said it. And, and I think there's uh, another part of that equation. What is the destiny? What is the architecture? What is the worldview of the individual? And then how much power can they get to manifest that vision? So power is the energy source, or use a silly, you know, I never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I've read about it, strike power or whatever. So power is energy and, and how much you're able to build, how much building material you have. Then there is destiny and culture and will and the, the type of uh, system you want to expand. And, and then that's where culture comes in. And we see the globalists selling the most ugly garbage you could ever imagine because they don't want to inspire the general public because they know coming out of the general public is always the inventors, the scientists, the, the leaders, the trailblazers that have always 
overturn the corrupt, decadent, inbred elites when they have fulfilled their usefulness. Well, they're, they're, they're at war against us. Uh, what is the primary objective of war? The primary objective of war is to destroy your enemy's capability to resist. That's the only objective. What is war? I must destroy my enemy's capability to resist. It doesn't matter if you do that with a Tomahawk missile. It doesn't matter if you do that with the stroke of a pen and a law. It doesn't matter if you do that with a mainstream media propaganda machine. By destroying your opponent's enemy to resist, your capability to resist, that is how you win a war. So when they're trying to make us depressed and weak and stupid and ignorant and fearful, they are destroying our capability to resist. They are at war against us. They don't need to shoot us with guns to That's be at right. war Their number us. one mission is to make us poor so they can control us and isolate us and make us depressed. And you said something about 20 minutes ago that when I heard it was such an incredible truth, and I'm going to use it as a slogan now and give you credit, I've never heard anyone say it. I've heard it said other ways about the private Federal Reserve and the IMF and the World Bank and the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers that they control the printing press, but it's really true. The left prints the money. The left is financed with printed money. They print, the left controls the printing of money. And correct that, and, and so that's why they want to say, oh, how dare you sell products or how dare you sell self-help stuff or how dare you sell anything? We're all bad. We're all evil. Because we have, you know, one billionth the money they've stolen through fraud like magicians. They produce nothing. And now they look at all the wealth we produced upstream swimming against the current. And they say, oh, carbon taxes and regulations. We're going to shut all that down and make you only operate through us. And we're right back where George Washington was 250 years ago. Absolutely. You just nailed it. And they and if they control the money, they control the pipeline to shut you off. And once again, what is the primary objective of war to destroy your enemy's capability to resist? You can't make money. You can't resist. And that's exactly what they're interested in. I don't think most people understand that there are wars happening on every single level against our own populaces and against and our and our countries try to fight other populaces at the exact same time. PSYOP is a war. PSYOP is a war. Laws being passed that prevent you from living a, a full life is a war. It doesn't matter if it's a bullet or a stroke of a pen. If they destroy your capability to resist, then you are being defeated in a war. That's all war ever is. And life is war. We are fighting a war right now. And there is a war against our minds. They don't want anybody to be rich and brave. Those two things, rich, brave, opinionated. If you're those three things, you're a target for the system. Well, that's right. Wealthy means mobility. It means independence. And oh, it's okay if correct. You know, the globalists steal trillions of dollars. That's okay. But if you try to teach young men and, and other people to be successful, you're the bad guy. So, so let's in the 20, 30 minutes we've got left here uh, with Andrew Tate shift gears into some of the other facets of this of this world. If you pull back. And think about when this interview ends and the points you wish you would have made. What are those points? It's a really good question. And I, I really hope, I hope when people watch me, what I truly hope is because we all live different lives and we have different life paths. And I think that the truth is always somewhere in the middle. I'm not saying I'm 100% correct. And I'm not, you know, I, I do believe my enemies are 100% wrong. However, the truth is always going to be somewhere in the middle, and I like hearing different opinions. I love hearing people who disagree with me, who agree with me, who agree with me with a slightly different caveat, with other points to, uh, to add. 
I think my primary objective is to inspire people to stand up and speak and be unapologetic in what they believe and to make sure they work hard enough in life and go through enough pain so they've learned enough lessons so their opinions are not just waffle, but they're based on real world experiences. And I really hope everyone at home watching this feels better afterwards and understands that we only live once. And on your deathbed, you're going to regret all the things you did not say. I don't think you're going to regret the things you said nearly as much as you're going to regret the things you did not say. And you're also going to regret all the times you did not take the brave choice. If you're not sure what to do, you should take the brave option. And I think on your deathbed, you'll always be glad you were brave. And I have that peace in my heart, even when they throw me in a Romanian jail, that I know I always took the brave choice. I never took the coward's way out. I never took the easy way out because that hurts your soul. And you're not just a person. You're also a spiritual being and you need to do things which benefit your spirit. And it's amazing what a, a, a spirit of fire and genuine capability gives you. It's something which is tangible. It can be seen. It can be felt. It can be heard. And that's all comes from doing the brave thing. So I think that I hope everybody at home feels energized. I hope they make the brave choice. I hope they believe what they say and say what they believe. And I hope they stand up for themselves. And I think that alone, along with belief in God, is enough to fix many of the problems we're discussing in society today. Incredible. And, and again, this isn't like simping here you know, to another dude, but I really do admire people that have courage under adversity. We go watch movies like Bridge Over the River Kwai based on some of the things that happened in, in, in World War II. It's, it's historical fiction where, they're tr where the Japanese are trying to break the soldiers and they don't break. And we admire those people. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've been following you for many years and, you know, watch your fights and your training and all of it. But most people go into prison and shrivel up and get smaller. You get out of the jail after three months in solitary confinement, being fed God knows what, and you, you're, you're not a roid guy. You can tell you're, you're real muscle. You look like what Arnold Schwarzenegger wished he would have when you came out of that tiny cell. I've never seen anything like that. You look like just an absolute Spartan king charging out of there. What in the hell did you do in there? Endless push-ups, endless thousands a day. And, and, and this, is the, this is the truth about my message as a whole. God is going to test you and he's going to see if you really are the man you say you are. It's easy to say you're a tough guy. Then God's going to put you in a position where you get a chance to prove you're a tough guy. I didn't miss a single day's training. I did not miss a single day's pushups in that cell. I wasn't too depressed to train. I wasn't too sad to train, too anxious to train, too frustrated to train. I trained endlessly every single day. And it's interesting you talk about movies because it's true. Every single hero in every single movie goes through adversity. There's never been a hero movie where all he does is win. No, to be a hero, you have to suffer. And this can be extrapolated out, not just about my life, but about all men out there. If you're suffering in some degree, even if you're a normal guy with a normal job and you're suffering at your job or you've had a, your heart broken because your girl left you or whatever, if you're suffering, that's part of your hero's journey. There is no hero's journey without suffering. If you have an easy life the whole way through, you never get to be a hero. That's the whole point of being a man is that you're supposed to suffer. You're supposed to eat pain for breakfast. You're supposed to come and grow into a better version of yourself. That's exactly what life's supposed to be about as a man. And another thing I want to say when you mentioned that movie that inspired, that popped to my head, I find it amazing that men will sit and watch movies about prisoners of war in Japan or watch movies about men who go to war and risk their lives or watch all these hero movies and they have admiration for the hero and they believe themselves to be some version of a hero and then they're too afraid to say no to putting on a mask. If you're not going to say no to putting on a mask, don't watch hero movies anymore.
Because you're certainly not a hero. You are one of the villains. You're not even one of the important villains. You're not even one of the villains with the name. You're the stupid little henchmen who get beaten up. Those guys were on screen for a flash of a second and die without consequence. Nobody even cares or mentions them again. Their family don't even get to give them a funeral. They're nobodies. You're a nobody villain. You're not even an important one. The important villains, we know their names. You're a number. You're not a name. If you're going to watch superhero movies, you don't put a mask on your fucking face. And if you want to be a superhero in life, you need to understand that for 80% of the movie, you're going to suffer. For 80% of the movie, you're going to lose. Watch any superhero movie. For 80% of the movie, it is nothing but pain and frustration and difficulty. And when your life is that way, you have a chance to grow into something fantastic. And you should thank God for every difficult thing he puts in your path. No, I agree. But perhaps you should put the solitary confinement workout book out. I'm serious because we're going to find it in post. I saw it. Like a day after you came out, you, you were working out and like you had a Schwarzenegger arms before you were really built, you know, a boxer fighter. So you were, I mean, what, I mean, I mean, you could tell it wasn't juice muscle. Obviously we're giving you juice in there. It was like, you got like, what the hell, what was your regimen in there? Yeah. So I, I knew the guards were watching me and I'm stubborn. And I believe that every time I did push-ups and they saw me doing them, I believed in my heart, it annoyed them. And I am a very stubborn man because they wanted me to be sad and broken. But every time they saw me, I was sweating and training. And every single time they'd check, they saw nothing but a lion who refused to stop doing push-ups. And they didn't want to do push-ups. They were too lazy. They're sitting around. They're the guards. They're not doing anything. And every single time they checked me for weeks and weeks and weeks, all I did was train. And I found the motivation to do it by knowing that it bothered them that I refused to quit. I'm stubborn like that. I, and I don't even know if it's true. All I know is that I can adopt a mental model, which makes me as competitive as possible. And I decided my push-ups bothered them and they were the ones who were keeping me locked in a room. So I will do push-ups at them. I didn't do push-ups for me. I did push-ups at them endlessly. If I was awake, I was doing push-ups or I was resting, preparing for my next set at them. It was my only weapon of defiance. How many did you do a day? Thousands. 1,500, 1,600 a day. Oh my God. Man, I remember feeling sorry for you and worried about you. And then I saw you, when you boiled out of there, I was like, what the hell? I got to find the photos, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, arms that big, dude. Like, your arms went from this to like this. I mean, God almighty. Think about a superhero movie. A man is unfairly imprisoned in a Romanian jail cell and trained so hard he emerges stronger than ever before. That is a movie. You get to live a movie as a man if all you had was some balls. Even you, think about your movie. You're literally saving the world, predicting the future. Our movies, I'm the most Googled man alive. We are living movie scripts. Why? Because we have bravery. Most men sit there and wonder why they're depressed because you don't get to live a movie. You're not the main character of anything. You're not even a secondary character in anyone else's movie. You're an unimportant nobody because you were afraid your entire life. You've lived like a coward your whole life. You were afraid of what might happen if you have some balls. And then you wonder why you're depressed. I'd be depressed if I was you. Of course, your life sucks. I'd rather go to jail as me than live free as you. Because when you're free, you can't even do anything. You can't go where you want. You're broke. You can't have sex. Girls don't want you. You can't speak because no one listens. So what are you free to do? You're more in jail than I ever was. When I was in jail, I was getting thousands of love letters from beautiful women around the world. Every single tweet I put out was watched by millions of people. I wasn't in jail. I was still Well, let's be clear. Not millions. 50 to 100 million. Stop playing it down. 50 to 100. Yeah, 50 to 100 million people. Exactly. Most of these people who have lived with cowardice in an attempt to preserve their freedom aren't even free. 
And that's what they don't understand. They're enslaved worse than I ever have been or ever will be. My mind is free. I'm allowed to think what I want to think and say what I want to say. They have thoughts and they go, hmm, don't know if I should say that. They second guess themselves. They're their own worst enemy. Every single part of me is on my team. I have enemies who want me dead. Fine. But every single part of me, my mind, my hands, my legs, every single part of me is on my team. My body doesn't second guess itself. My mind doesn't turn on itself. We don't break and self-sabotage. There's no civil wars inside of Andrew Tate. All of us against you. All of us. Absolutely. So what would your advice be to President Trump? I have absolute respect for how he's handling it. I think that he needs to understand. I think he now does understand that you can't reason with unreasonable people. I think perhaps in his last presidency, he tried to be reasonable with savages and God willing, he will win again and he will be far more strict with issuing justice against those who are deceptive and live with lying intent. I, I really am praying for him. I, I think everybody understands what he's going through, truly everybody. But the moral arc of the universe does bend towards truth. And I pray in the end, everything will work out well for him. I agree with you on that. What do you think about the Ukraine-Russia situation? Yeah, that's a very interesting one. I, I, it's incredible to me. You know, I, and this is one of the subjects I have to be careful I talk about because I'm right on the border. It's literally a few hours away. So I have to be very careful what I say. But I, I will just make one comment. When we pulled out of Afghanistan, I said to Tristan, but they need a war. And Tristan goes, where? I was like, I don't know, but they need one. They need one somewhere because that's how it works. And it's kind of like a metaphor for life. It's funny. We pulled out of Afghanistan. Was it three weeks later? Didn't take long. A few emails. Boom. New war. You need a war, right? And because I have to be careful what I say about the war specifically, even though I think that sums it up, I think most people understand exactly what I'm saying because I'm on the border of Ukraine. I will say that it's also a fantastic metaphor for life. I don't think war ever ends. It just changes. It just moves. And if you're a man and you're going through something in your life, you think, ah, everything will be fine once this is over you'll learn that the war has ended in one place and it started again somewhere else and that war never ends and we're in a constant state of war. Uh, I sit around with my brother and we talk about, man, when this is over and we finally beat this case, we're going to be so happy. But I think there'll be a new war. I think there'll be a new case or a new problem or a new difficulty or a new struggle or new pain. This is never going to end. So war never ends. It just shifts and just moves. And I think, unfortunately, uh, as Afghanistan ended, somewhere had to be chosen And it's not necessarily about what's right or what's wrong or what's just. It's just about the fact that it's a very unfortunate reality of this world that sometimes people just die and they don't even really know why. And that's what's happening in Ukraine. Let's talk about your brother. I have seen him really kicking ass out there. And uh, he's an amazing guy. Let's talk about Tristan. I have the best brother on the planet. And he's the best brother on the planet because we are a team and we are a truly unbreakable team. And we've always been a team. I can't imagine. A, there's never been a point in our lives we were not a team. We've been a team since the absolute beginning. And two brothers are worth 10 men. Two brothers are worth 10 friends. And, and that's just how we are as men. And we approach everything together. He has said to me repeatedly, they better, put you, they better not put you in jail without me. They better put us both in jail. If you're going to jail, I'm going to jail. I was about to say, you couldn't see your brother. You couldn't talk to him. But every, What was it like in jail? Let's talk about that. And then not seeing your brother that you're so close to. Talk about that. 
Yeah, for a long time, we were not together. Uh, then we ended up in the same cell for a while. I think we all know why that was done. I think if people who understand how ops work understand why they wanted us in the same room. So we were in the same room for a little while. So they're recording. But, you. Um, <laughs> you said it, Alex. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's kind of interesting because we drew strength from the fact that we knew the other was being strong at all times. And that gives you an incredible source of strength. Like I knew he was being a man and he knew I was being a man. And it's amazing what group think can do. We talked about how destructive it can be in regards to how it can destroy civilization. The reverse is even more powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. When enough men get in a room and get pissed off, we'll charge at machine guns. It's amazing what you can do to the male psyche. When you have men around you who are brave, we can literally go over the top of the trench. It's incredible what can happen. So that's the biggest source of strength for me and my brother. We'll walk in the same room, give each other a nod, don't even say a word, and we're instantly ready to die because we've always been that way. And I only like hanging around with men who think that way. And that's why another reason, if you want to apply it to society, one of the reasons they attack masculine friendships so heavily and try and make out like men shouldn't be friends and being friends with men is gay and all this garbage. They try and destroy it because they want men lonely because as a lonely man, you're much easier to kill. You By the way, that's a key thing. Real. They make that joke because you love and promote men being strong and you love your brother. They call you gay. How sick claiming someone loves their brother is that these people are sick. They don't know the strength of male camaraderie. They don't know the strength of kinship. They don't even have any idea because the left are almost all completely alone. Like you said, they don't have it. That's why they hate us because they ain't got it. Absolutely. And misery loves company. So they try to drag us down to their level. And it's amazing where if you get nine brave men in a room and one coward, that coward will probably still do the brave thing. He doesn't want to be seen as the only coward in the room. Peer pressure is real in both directions, both up and down. A downward spiral is real because people adhere to groupthink. But so is an upwards tornado of truth and justice is also real if people adhere to groupthink. So that's why bravery is so important. And that's why masculine friendship is so important. I can't be a coward. My brother won't let me. He can't be a coward. I won't let him. And it's a ultimate it's a feedback loop it's like what don't you feel that towards your ancestors because anytime fear even creeps in i think my ancestors were bad sons of bitches i gotta measure up that i'm not even thinking about family i think about my ancestors when i'm gonna go all the way i'm thinking no i don't come from scum i come from warriors i'm not backing down absolutely and they suffered endlessly for me to exist Think of all the things they went through so that we could even breathe and talk. And I'm going to use my time on earth to be a coward and second guess myself and be afraid to tell the truth. Why did my ancestors fight and die then? For what? For me to be born and put a mask on? Is that, is that it? And sit around in my coffin apartment and, and, and the left's all pedophiles. This is disgusting. And that's what they want. And most men, this is the thing that's very important. It's the final act of, of destroying masculinity is that a lot of men no longer have shame. You have no shame left. You should be too ashamed to be a coward. You should be too ashamed to do the wrong thing. Where's your shame? Well, we destroy that, right? We destroy that even in schools with men and stuff. I'll tell you something. My brother can shame me into doing something. He can shame me. He can call me a pussy or a coward and I'll set up and say, no, I'm not. And I'll do the brave thing. Shame works for men sometimes. I say to men all the time, men come to me and say, I can't get a girlfriend. I say, it's because you're a loser. You are a loser. Change that fact. 
Come to me and prove to me you're not a loser. I will shame him and he will react to it and his life will improve. But now we have men with no shame. They'll walk around with no shame at all. And then we wonder why we have a whole bunch of cowards. Cowardice is always the easy choice, but you should feel too much shame to take it. That's the problem. I saw you tweet the other day. and We'll put it on screen later in post. We're taping this. But you said, I miss the nightmares. I miss the torture. But but don't miss it too much. We don't want him to put you in prison. But you you were. I think that was actually, from what you said, a true statement that, that, that you're strong outside jail, but you were almost lusting for the crucible again. When I left jail, I had very bad nightmares for a long time. I couldn't sleep at all. And I was using all that time to obviously be productive. I'm not going to be the kind of person who lays in bed doing nothing. I was training hard. I was working. I was doing as much as possible. And over time, my mind has healed itself. I never took any drugs. I never went to a psychotherapist. I never cried about it. I never tried to, while well, I need sleep. Your brain was wargaming it. And that's what I have. It, I love my nightmares because they make me stronger. Absolutely. My brain was going through endless scenarios in my subconscious and my brain was going through them all. And I decided that if God decides I need nightmares right now, then I'm going to take my nightmares. And if I wake up, I'm going to go to the gym. That's it. I'm not going to cry about it or be a bitch. And now over time, my mind has healed itself without any help. Oh my God, brother. I love my nightmares. I, I used to hate them 20 years ago. I now know it's a war game. I enjoy them. Uh, completely now i'm sleeping soundly and i'm angry i'm getting less done i have less time i'm sleeping i'm like where's give me my nightmares back i want to train like i was training i was up all night i had i was living 24 hour days give me my nightmares back now i'm living sleeping soundly and, and that's the thing it's the mental shift it's a semantic shift i'm supposed to be afraid of these nightmares i'm supposed to want them to go away well i want them back now what now what are you gonna do you're gonna put me in a jail cell you're gonna give them back to me you're gonna give me what i want Give them to me. I, my life was, I was far more productive. I was a more capable predator with my nightmares. So I want them back. I'm furious. My mind's healed itself. Luckily, I believe God's going to give me another event at some point in my life. It's going to damage me again, which is going to allow me to once again, enjoy those sleepless nights. I'm not afraid of pain. I'm not afraid of any of it. Alex, I've never been afraid of any of it. So I don't know what they're going to do to me. Besides put a bullet in my head. Cause I'm not scared. Andrew, I'm not scared. I, I gotta, I just, I, I've been on here 29 years. This is the most amazing interview I've ever done hands down because we're simpatico because i've been through a lot of trauma so have you and instead of being victims we realize it made us stronger and we're finishing each other's sentences which other men out there that have been taught to be victims and get into it and all this and i'm not saying i'm the toughest guy around physically or anything but i mentally have been through a lot and it's so empowering once you embrace the mission and that's how we're we didn't talk before this other than a short call yesterday and some text messages we are literally finishing each other's sentences because this is the path of the man. This is the path of the warrior. This is the path of the humans. This is the path of the leader. This is the path of victory. It's the path of man. It's the path of victory. And it's the only path to truth. It's the only path to genuine happiness in your heart. There's one path. There's one. That's the reason we're finishing each other's sentences. There is one path to happiness, and that is masculine strength, and that is eating pain for breakfast and becoming a better person. The flavor of life is pain. You try to change the flavor. You're going to end up disappointed. You're going to end up weak. You're going to end up miserable. Accept the flavor and learn to love it. That's the only path to genuine competence and happiness within yourself as a man. Let's, in the few minutes we have left, and I appreciate your time today, talk about common sense things for young people watching or old people watching anybody watching to transcend the diversions, the distractions, men and women train to fight each other. It's a real fight, but it's stupid. How do we fix that black on white? How do we fix that? How does somebody start the first steps and take your time here 
because I'm going to have yeah, my earpiece absolutely. in, but I'm going to take a piss. Let me listen to you. Absolutely. What is the path right. to 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 rehabilitate? Because you're a grandmaster of this. And I'm not just saying that. I, I didn't say that in the six years I've known you. You're a great, smart guy. Now you've gone to the next level. You get that now. You're saying, persecute me again. That's actually where I've gotten. I almost feel guilty. I'm like, I'm ready to put in a firing squad. I, I don't care, like you said earlier. So you're, you're a grandmaster now of this. How do people at the lower level who we love and care about because we need them, how do we take them with us? Absolutely. So here's what you have to do. Every single opinion you have inside of your mind you need to understand where it came from. Most people at home have very strict, strong opinions about certain subjects, and they don't know where it came from. It may not even be personal experience. It may be from the TV. It may be from somebody who they respected told them. Maybe it's societal pressure. Maybe it's peer pressure. Maybe it was a book. Maybe it was YouTube. If you don't identify where your own ideas are from, then you don't know if they're good for you or not. Do you understand? The first thing you need to do is next time you find yourself having a strong opinion on said subject, you need to sit and say, where did this opinion come from? Then you need to decide, does the source of that opinion care about me? Does it want me to be better? And this is the reason my message is so strong. People will repeat things. Where'd you hear that? Andrew Tate. Well, Andrew Tate wants me to be strong and rich and, and, and motivated and be a sovereign individual who believes in speaking up for myself. Andrew Tate wants what's good for me. So yes, I'm allowed to have this opinion. If you have another opinion, where'd you get that from? Oh, CNN told me this is happening in wherever, or this is, this is what happened yesterday. Do they want good for you? Does CNN want you to be strong and rich and successful and motivated and happy? What does CNN want? Why is CNN telling you you're depressed? Do they want you to be miserable? If you do not identify the source of the ideas you hold, of the proof and backup and substantiation you have for the ideals that you repeat, then you can't identify whether they're good for you or not. You need to defrag your entire mind. Every single time you have any kind of strong opinion, you need to sit and say, okay, where did this come from? Another thing you need to do is you need to allow manipulation to find out where your opponent wants you to go and use your mind to break the trap and punish the perpetrator. I will sit and watch MSM in, in its entirety. I'll watch the entire news report to understand exactly what they want me to believe. And then I'll make sure that I don't believe it. Because most of the time, if you believe the absolute opposite, they tell you you're going to be completely fine. So you need to also be able to digest information, consume information without allowing it to stick to you. It has to be water off a duck's back. You do not want to be ignorant. Allow information in and use your mind to break traps and punish perpetrators. And once you will learn that most of the experiences you have in your life are what you needed to have an opinion. My opinions are based on personal experience and not just one personal experience, repeated personal experience. That's why it's wisdom. It's not knowledge. You can get a kid who studies books all days long. He may be knowledgeable. He's not wise. That's why old people are wise because you live it. And when you get wisdom, wisdom is very hard to combat against. So a lot of these people out here who don't really know what to think or they're saying stupid things or they seem confused because they're repeating things they've been told to repeat. They don't know where it's from. And if people who are telling it to them who want them to repeat it do not have their best interests at heart. Well, I am I am I am really impressed. And I've said that about 10 times because I am. I was already impressed before. Uh, I don't want to get locked up in solitary confinement, but I almost do now. It's like. It's, 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 it's wow. So we know everything the globalists sell and, and do is destructive. Let's talk about the globalists themselves briefly here. They've got to know that 
they can one-dimensionally get power and control and dumb people down and poison things, but that blows back on them and their children and their families, but they selfishly still do it. Is it worth it to reach out? So we've gotten a lot of defectors from the enemy and then point out to them that where they're going is total annihilation and, and, and expand on that. I think, I know they got really scared of you. The same reason they got scared of me, but with you, they, they went into a full panic mode. I'm actually envious because I want to be their number one enemy. So I'm envious right now. You're an example for me to live up to that you, you were convincing their people. You were converting their people. They knew you were right. There was some humanity left in them that, that you touched. And that's why they hate us so much because they really love us and they want to join humanity again. Is there some way to offer a bridge to these people before we all destroy each other? It's a really good question. It's a very good question. And it depends on what their goals are. And it depends whether they have any kind of spirit and soul and any kind of belief in the afterlife and any kind of belief in God. I think when you become truly atheistic, that is the end result of being a genuinely bad person. And they're only interested in power and control in this lifetime. And they don't actually care about the consequences of that into eternity. We talk about our ancestors. That requires a degree of spirituality. We talk about God. That requires a degree of spirituality. We talk about our duty to the people who came before us and our duty to ourselves and our duty to our souls and our courage in our mind. All these things require a degree of spirituality. When you're completely atheistic and you have none of that, then all you're interested in is the temporary dopamine that comes from an ego hit. That's all it is. People don't understand that it can be as basic as the temporary dopamine that comes from an ego boost. That's why they want you to wear a mask so they can get an ego boost because temporary dopamine is the only thing that's interesting to these people. Dopamine is the only drug they worship. It's the only thing they care about. And that's why they're addicts to outside substances. It's why they're sexual deviants. It's why they do things they're not allowed to do because the fact that they're not allowed to do it makes it tempting because other people can't do it. It gives them an ego boost. Dopamine. So firstly, before we can even try to reason with anybody, we need to instill a sense of duty and honor in God inside of everybody. And that's why atheism in and of itself is such a destructive movement. And when people say they're an atheist, the thing that's most crazy about that is that they're not. They just worship something else. They worship a pride flag or they worship climate change and they go and sacrifice their life for climate change and lay in a road like an idiot. So there's no such thing as an atheist anyway. But when you remove God from people, it's very difficult to reason with them because they have there's no baseline to reason with you can't get traction there's nothing on that's the right road. They, they, they're they're just a, a goo they're just blobs so let me ask you this as we talk to the oracle mr tate here right now we always talk about where they want to take us dehumanized depopulation projecting their own hatred of themselves onto us what would andrew tate do i know it's a free will universe but if you were king of the world or people voted you in for a two-year term what would you do what do our enemies need to know our goal is? Because we know we're opposing what they're doing, anti-human. We're just loyal to our species, what we do, competitiveness, men, women, our families, love, passion. and just We're amazing. We love, we, we love ourselves. I, I know you like yourself. I can tell. I like myself, too. I'm not perfect, but, man, I'm funny. I'm smart. I, I've got a lot of ideas. I feel good about me. So I see other people. I think, man, I, you know, I see you doing great and being handsome and smart and rich. Makes me feel good, man. That's a fellow human. Man, I, look at that great example of us. That, that's what we need to aspire to. My son aspires to that. 
But these globalists, they see that and they get pissed. They go, look at that six foot four, super handsome guy that's smart and all this. Well, we got to kill him. I mean, well, why not? Why don't you try to get your daughter to be with him? It's like they have no no sense of even what a farmer breeding cows has got. They don't like make the plant, breed the plants to make better plants. They just, they claim they're eugenicists. They're the opposite. They're not trying to make us better. They're sabotaging everything because they're so small, they feel threatened by it. So, so, so where do we want to go versus to find where they want to go? Because I don't think they even ever think about where they're leading us because they think they can nuke culture, nuke families, and that gives them power. They've just blown up the sense of their infrastructure. Yeah, very good. Very good point. And we're pro-humanist. You said it. We're pro-humanist and we're pro-people acting like humans, family, love, emotionality. I'm an, I, sometimes I get angry. I'm a man. I don't hide. I'm allowed to get angry. I'm a man. I have emotions. They are trying to turn us into robots, into QR codes. If you had to break it down to the most basic two directions we're heading in, we are trying to promote people to be people. We're trying to be, you nail it, with pro-humanist. We want people to have children and be in love with their children. We want people to feel joy. We want people to feel emotions. We want to have that beautiful spark of love between a man and a woman. We want to see a man stand up and do what's right for his family because of honor and courage. We want him to feel proud of himself. They want none of that. They want robots because they want robots which ultimately comply and they want to be the only humans left. They're trying to turn everyone else into robots so they can feel human by getting the dopamine hit of destroying the humanity, destroying everyone else's humanity and turning them into robots gives them enough dopamine to feel human because otherwise they don't feel human. They're already dead inside. We are pro-humanists trying to make everybody feel human. So we're heading in completely opposite directions. And it's unfortunate that like vultures and parasites, the only way they can feel human at all is by destroying the humanity of others. They have to suck it like Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat suck other people's souls away so they can feel like they have one. That's why they're heading in the direction they are. And their end state is everybody else robotic so they can feel semi-alive. And we, because we already feel alive inside, want to encourage others to feel like us. We are pro-humanists, and they're trying to create QR codes and robots. Incredible. All right. We need to fire the bad signal. Not just sign up for your email. Not just spread the word. Not just support Infowars.com. We're in a war. You're being bombarded. I'm being bombarded. Uh, it's like a grill. You're the steak right on the main fire. I'm kind of right next to it, roasting here. Trump's on the main fire. I, I don't, I don't envy your position, though. I kind of do at a, at a at a at a certain level because you're right in the fulcrum. And people should. And I think people do get that. Whoever's under the most attack is who is good. And yep. just in closing, people need to pray for you. They need to support you, and they need to understand I've been through the exact same thing and luckily have not been caught by it like Julian Assange, and you've been partially caught. So that's all God there. I'm not like, oh, I'm smarter, so they didn't get me. Uh, I, I'm sure if I you know, was as successful as you've been out there, you know, you know, instead of me getting a divorce and going out with 100 women, you've been out with 500 women or 1,000 women or whatever, they would find somebody to lie about me. So I've been blessed, and I haven't been put in that crucible, but just – in closing, how do we support you? How do we get your word out? Take clips out of the show. It's all free to air, folks. Spread it everywhere. But I understand you're a manly man. You don't want to sit there and ask for support. But people need to aid this idea. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. At CobraTate.com, my email list is free. I keep everybody completely updated. 
There's also some of my programs on there, just so I'll explain quickly what they are. I have Hustlers University. It only costs $49. It's extremely cheap, and I teach people how to make money online with 18 different modern wealth creation methods. We have thousands of testimonials of people who spent $49 and made thousands and thousands of dollars, so I encourage people to try that. It's a completely unique platform we built ourselves. It's not on any matrix-controlled apparatus. It's a completely brand-new online school designed to teach people how to make money. Anybody, man, woman, old, young, doesn't matter. We have kids in there. We have old old women in there. Everybody's making money. That's on CobraTape.com as well. And uh, the other way you could support me, topg.com, uh, which you can also link to from Cobra Tate. We have t-shirts and that kind of thing. And it's amazing to spread the message. But ultimately, I want you to live true to yourself. I want you to be strong. It's fantastic if you're on my email list so I can keep you updated. But you support me by making this worthwhile, by knowing my message resonates. If I go through all of this and I talk to you and you listen to me and you don't do anything and you stay losing at life, then none of it was worth it. But if I go through all of this and you wake up and you start going to the gym, becoming a better person, standing up for what's right, refusing to allow yourself to become a slave, then it was worth it. So the best way you could support me is be the best possible version of yourself. Tate Pledge is funded 100% by me. This is my personal money. Thank you very much for making progress on the Prophet Muhammad said, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Me, the one who cares for an un- orphan, will be in Jannah paradise like this. Inshallah. will be donated to Take Pledge, which will be used to feed children in war-torn countries. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh from Syria. You're welcome, my dear brother, my dear brother, Christian, may Allah bless you, Zakmakir. The Tate Brothers and War Group, Zakmakir. As you can see, brothers, Allah, you heard about war in Syria. Now, now in Syria, we have more one million orphans, subhanAllah. And I also promise to provide full accounting and receipts to prove that that money goes directly to charity, to feeding children in war-torn countries. I don't want to go to prison. And I don't want to be set up, though. They're in the news trying to get me indicted again right now. But if they put you in prison, it'll make you the next Nelson Mandela. If they put me in prison, it'll do the same thing. So I don't want that path. I'm not trying that path. But it's like if you throw me in that briar patch, that's what happens. And they, and, and they just can't help what they're doing. And they can't stand the fact that we're not for sale. But if they were selling freedom, we'd join them. They're selling this. To, if you look at the globalist and how they live and who they are, they are the most disconnected, pathetic. They have these giant trillion-dollar portfolios. Not hundreds of billions, folks, trillions. And they should get back to loving themselves again and loving humanity. And I just wish there was some way to reach them. But I guess because they're psychopaths and sociopaths, they can't be reached. So I guess it really is, as George Orwell said, down to the proletariat. We've got to, how do we get in closing the general person that drives a truck or is a school teacher or a nurse 
to realize how powerful they are and what they can do extracurricularly instead of just thinking of themselves as this little person. How do we get little people to realize how big they are? Yeah, they can't ban all of us and they can't put all of us in jail and they can't take everybody's bank. It is, it is a battle of numbers. There has to be a, enough people to stand up and say, no, this is absolute garbage. And I agree with you. I wish we could reason with these people. Imagine how fantastic the world could be if all the world's global finance was actually aided towards helping people and truth. I have another website I haven't mentioned yet, tapepledge.com. I donate over $20 million a year to charity. Nobody mentions that. MSM will print negative about me all day long. They don't mention Let, let me pause because we're taping this. I want to say here for the crew, I've seen the millions of meals you're donating all over the world. Let's put, send us that ad. I want to put this in here right now. Yep. Tell us about that. I, in fact, I meant to mention that. Glad you brought that up. Yeah, tapepledge.com because it's very simple. I donate money and and like unlike most charities, which are full of garbage CEOs pay, taking a bunch of money and inefficiency. No, mine's very simple. Money, people on the ground, buying food. And I feed thousands of children every single day in war-torn countries in the hardest countries to reach on earth. And how many times does the MSM mention it? Never. How many times did the leftists mention it? Never. How many people do they feed? None. These people are genuinely evil. They're just interested in trying to attack me as opposed to talk, talking about the good I do or doing any good themselves. And that's why I say we can't reason with them until they have souls. Because I have a soul. There could be somebody I dislike. And I could dislike all of their ideas. But I can still sit and say, well, he clearly feeds thousands of starving children a day. So he's not all bad. They can't even do that. That's how empty they are. They can't even sit there and admit a simple fact of life. Because they're so bitter and miserable inside of their hearts and souls. So... I think the people at home, what you need to do is you need to tell the truth, be a good person, firm handshake, get up on time, say what you mean, mean what you say. Remember, God is always watching and he'll reward you in the end. He is the best of planners, whether he puts you in jail or me in jail. In the end, it will work out well for us. And it's the same for everybody at home. He may give you a trial or a tribulation, or it may seem difficult to do the right thing now, but in the end, you'll be glad you did it. And if enough people do that, all of this tyranny will end. Absolutely. All right. Well, Thank you so much for the time today. This has been an incredible interview. Please join us again soon. Uh, and just, uh, you know, please be safe out there because I know you're tough and you're ready to go back to jail and you're ready to go to prison. But, man, that'll make it 10 times bigger. But we really don't want that. We want to be able to get you back to Texas and have dinner again. I'm I, I promise I'm doing my absolute best. I enter the situation without fear, but complete professionalism, and I'm doing my best to negate the matrix attack, which has been constructed against me. My last request is this. Can you get Tristan on the show? Yeah, sure. We'll do it next week. I'll get Tristan. No problem. All right. One more time, because, folks, this is not a game. This is a war. We're not playing games. We're betting on you. We're betting on humanity. We're betting on ourselves. We're one happy family. How do people find everything Andrew Tate? Cobra Tate.com, sign up to the newsletter. And from there, you'll see everything. I'm also on Twitter at Cobra Tate or at X now at Cobra Tate. You can see me on there as well. All right. Well, that's it for this incredibly historic interview. This is, this is next level stuff, folks. I hope you share it. I hope you clip it up. It's up to you now to take this and make it even bigger. Thank you so much. God bless. And we'll be right back.